Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Deep Cuts Live. I'm your host, Antoine Reed. Um, we always talk to different people in the cigar industry typically, but today is a little bit different because we have somebody who is, I guess you could call a brother of the leaf. Um, he's not in the cigar industry, but he is definitely part of it. He loves cigars. Um, and he has a completely different career, so it's going to be a, a very interesting um, conversation today. So our guest today is Kevin Nicholas. Uh, he's a magician, a mentalist. We're going to get into all of that in this hour with uh, our guests. So let me bring on our guest. Nicholas, Coming in hot. How are you? <laughs> How are you? Good, good. Sorry yeah. if you're hearing the uh, sirens. That's perfect timing. I know. <laughs> it's, 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 I say that's the uh, that's all a, a part of being live. <laughs> right. That's the that's the beauty of it. You know. You know. This wasn't staged. We could edit that out later. You know. Just uh, we're just we're just here living in the elements. Yeah. So, like I said, thank you for coming on. You had reached out to me on Instagram and. I had been following you, I, I believe, and you know, and I was like, "Yeah, why not?" I was like, "This isn't just a cigar show." So the whole thing, why it's not called, you know, something cigar-y is because I always intended it to have other guests on here. So you're kind of our first other guest that we've had on in a while. Oh, so, cool! So thank you for, awesome. for, like I said, reaching out and coming on. No, thank you again for having me, and um, and that's it. You know, like you said, I guess you could say like. Uh, brother of the leaf in a way just it it's for the past few years you know uh cigars have become a very intricate part of my life you know it's some people people ask like they're like oh that's cute like what do you like smoke a cigar two cigars a week i'm like more like two a day yeah then you smoke more than more than i do so <laughs> i find that you know it's uh it's a rough job being a magician you know with all the time you have to figure out you know, practicing tricks, you know, it's like, why not, why be home when you could just be hanging out at your lounge thinking of stuff to just bug people out with? Yeah. So, so what, and I, I follow you on Instagram. So I've seen you smoke different cigars. I saw you were doing like a room one-on-one a couple weeks ago and uh, several other brands. So what kind of cigars do you typically gravitate towards? So I've been playing around. I typically like mostly medium full bodied sticks um right now just uh i'm actually doing a uh, an arroya 20 20 year series which is and i like this size it's actually like a four it's like a four by 46 i kind of like sometimes small robusto sizes i typically yeah, enjoy um but you know the funny thing is like new york has become very difficult with cigars now i'm sure if you're aware like our taxes are just absolutely insanity where you know the average cigar, you know, premium or not, you're spend you can spend anywhere from twelve to twenty five dollars. Wow! And, and you go out of state, you could th th those twenty five dollars are fifteen. That's crazy. So, so it's becoming <laughs> a very expensive hobby. Well, it's funny because you know, I I think people think when you're in the media that you just get inundated with like free stuff, which is not the case. So. I'm all fam familiar with the whole uh, <laughs> having to search for the best price and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And, and the heart, and I think, you know, I don't know, if, you know, 
for us in New York, you know, the weather's cold. So we have our cigar lounges, which, you know, they, they become our second homes in a way. And I'm there every day. And you just want to help support them as much as you can. And you want to help out, you know, what they're doing. Because they are small businesses, one way or another, they are. And But it's sometimes where you're like, you, you're buying by the stick sometimes. Or it's sometimes better to buy by the box, should I say. But then you go, you'll you'll see it like, you'll go online and you're like, wow, that box is about $100 cheaper. <laughs> I know. It's, 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 it's the whole big fight in the cigar industry is like the online where you get a, a good deal versus the brick and mortar that can't afford to give that same deal. So it's it's been a back and forth for as long as I've been in the cigar media side of the, the business. This is crazy. This yeah. Is yeah. The business. I agree. I mean, it's I, that it's out of my that's out of my world. I am the consumer, uh, you know, and I but like I say, I'm willing to pay that extra to support my local business. It's just what we do. That's, you know, that's where I get to watch my football games. That's where I watch my baseball games. That's where me and my friends get to laugh and joke around and, you know, and it's a camaraderie. And that's what and I think that's what the cigar industry really is, is that camaraderie with your friends and enjoying it, you know, and the time spent. And, and that's for me. You know, I think it's maybe a little different if it's all business, you know, and that's how you make it. But for me, it's I, I get the best of both worlds. I get to I get to perform in it and then I get to enjoy it. So, so what's your local tobacconist? So Matador Cigars is one of them in Roslyn, New York. Mm-hmm. And the other one is um, Tobacco Plaza in Great Neck. Okay. I'm, I'm familiar with both of those. So it's two very good stores. <laughs> it's, it's funny yeah, because you think, that, you think that the cellular works should work well. And yet the cellular, for whatever reason, always fails people whatever reason it always tricks people up oh my god it's and it's always like it's always great too uh i've been on like a lot of these kind uh not not for cigars but just in general of lives and it's always when something like profound is about to be <laughs> talked about it's like perfect moment and people are like what <laughs> what just happened exactly so, which is which is good it, it it builds up that suspense yeah i think we had actually uh let me see. So we have a question that came in right as you were phasing out. So it was, uh, it says, has Kevin done work for any other cigar company besides Rockefeller cigars? Have you worked with any other? Uh, yeah. Um, I've worked with uh, La Serena cigars and uh, Danny, who also owns Tobacco Plaza. He was uh-huh. the one that actually helped open my relationship with the cigar industry, we did uh, a TP, I think it was the TPE event. It was Hold on, I think we lost your... And then, oh, I was about to say, oh, there we got the video for a second. At the same time, I also run a same business, so people are calling me. So, of course. <laughs> sorry about that. I, I, wish I, could t- I wish I could turn that off. Can, can you see me though? Right? Yeah. Oh God. There we go. I see me. There we go. See. So I was gonna say, um, for me, 
it was he literally let me entertain a whole bunch oh come back now he literally let me entertain everybody which was so cool at danny and he allowed me to meet everybody and that led me to other amazing opportunities <laughs> i want people tonight kind of know your story so tell us how like you got into the whole magic thing because that's what you're you're known for i know we, we kind of started off talking about cigars because that's kind of where the connection is to, to you and here but magic is and being a mentalist i know is your your main passion so how did you get into that uh i was 13 it was a hobby of mine that allowed me to uh i guess you could say I, it wasn't what I needed to do to connect with people, but I learned a couple of card tricks and I loved entertaining and I would do it in my like high school hallways. And like, I would be like, here, you want to see a trick? Hey, you want to see a trick? And then naturally you kind of get into this progression where you start learning so much. You're like, Oh, I want to perform. And then you start doing like kid shows and stuff like that. And I sucked at them. I was so bad at doing these like kid shows. I was like, I would cry. I'd be like, I don't want to do this. I hate this. I only perform for adults. Um, right around maybe a couple of months after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just try working restaurants and restaurants only, you know, I didn't have to entertain just kids. I can entertain adults as well. And that allowed me to literally um, pretty much focus on adult performing and that allowed me to get better too because I was working at these restaurants where every table was a different show and that allowed me to really like five hours six hours a night three four nights a week was great money and I was getting such great experience performing and before you knew it um, I didn't have to work at the mall in high school that was kind of fun. I was like, okay, this is fun. And it wasn't a bad way to meet people of uh, the opposite sex. They, uh, <laughs> girls were like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I was like, okay, I like this. Did it throughout high school, college, and then right around college ended. I just said, I want to make this the rest of my life. I love it. And that's what it's been for the last uh, 13 years. So when you first started, were, did you have to like, get over any nerves or anything or were you always kind of an entertainer and not nervous i was always kind of the entertainer i was okay. always the entertainer. I, I i mean you'll get your nerves like your excitement but the second i go on stage like that you transition you go from like okay who's that kid that's like about to do something or that maybe i'm not i'm not very quiet i'll be honest i'm not a very like i'm always i always like to be the center of attention type of person but mm -hmm. there's a there's a switch that goes off when I hop on stage or when I'm doing a card trick or something like that. So so what mentality do you take on like when you get when it's time for you to perform? I'm just curious because like there's so many people who when an audience is in front of them or they have to do a presentation of any sort, you know, they get into this headspace of you know what are, what are, what's this person thinking? Am I, am I going to do this right? Am I going to say this right? So what mentality do you kind of go on stage with? My personality that goes on that switch from that turns into Kevin Nicholas, the modern mentalist 
quote unquote, is just somebody that has to, that understands that these people are here to see me. They, they you know, um, whether they knew they were going to see me or not, it's my job to entertain them and get them invested in me. And so for me, I think um, the mindset is this is my show and you're going to watch it. And so I've actually um, done this. In, I say I've, I've broken this down into three sections, which is honestly the I've talked about this. They're the people that love magic. One way or another, they are going to watch you. They like magic. They, they love everything about it. They don't want to know how it's done. They just love it. The person who is more of that type A personality that just wants to know how it's done, you know, they'll try to be the heckler and stuff like that. But at the same time, those two people are almost identical because they're going to watch your show. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take their eyes off it. Two different perspectives, but they're focused on you. The third is the hard one for me, and that's the one that maybe just doesn't like magic, had a bad experience, or a crummy magician, maybe was fooled or humiliated by one, and it's those people that I work towards to say, oh, that's not what I expected. That's not what I, you know, was it, you know, gonna be like, oh, okay, you give a different image to what I see as a magician or a mentalist. And I think a lot of people go into a magic show really without many expectations to be honest and and then whatever happens kind of they have a narrative because i say that because i remember one vegas trip going to see david copperfield with a group of people and we were all like david copperfield oh wow this is gonna be cool we're like you know we were kind of not in the front but near the front enough where it was just like you know he was like right there and it was like this big deal and that had to be like the worst show i think i've ever seen in my life uh, in Vegas. And it was yeah. just like, again, we didn't go in with, I guess we, maybe we went in with too high <laughs> high of expectations compared to like yeah. what we got because we got like, a, I guess we got a Vegas show of some sort. It was just not what we expected. <laughs> yeah. I typically don't follow a lot of magicians. I have a couple of friends that are magicians and mentalists like me. But the less I'm in the community, the more creative I am without it. And it's almost like you can appreciate a great magician and you, you might know how they do it. That doesn't, but once you get to that level of understanding it, you, it, it comes down to appreciation. You start appreciating, you're like, I might know how you do that, but that's a great, that, I ain't doing that. What you're <laughs> creating is on it, like, that's you. Like you almost got to consider it like, um, uh, like think of it like food, you know, some magicians are hobbyists and stuff like that. Some are, you know, not to say it in this way, but like they're more of a fast food, you know, you enjoy it, you watch it. And then you have some magicians that are like Michelin star insane and it's an experience and it goes beyond anything you can. And I like to think I'm not, I'm not at one end. I'm not at the other. I'm not in the middle. I like to think I'm somewhere between that high and middle place where you met. It's not just the one experience for the rest of your life. It's that experience that you have over and over again is kind of how I always think about it. Do you remember the first trick that you performed in front of a, a audience? Oh, 
I remember one of my first experiences being in a backyard and my friend being there and I, I, I don't know if it worked, didn't work, like people liked it, didn't like it, you know, it was kind of one of those things. And I started later. I started at 13, 14 and most people start like young, like seven, eight. So at wow. least for me, I kind of knew what something was supposed to look like. And I knew if I screwed up or not, where like, maybe if you're seven years old, it's like, oh, that's cute. You know, like, oh, how you did that? For me, it was like, oh, you just messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good question too. It's like, what do you do when a show doesn't go exactly how you planned it? Because I'm sure that there's some shows that kind of go a little bit off the track, as I would say. Like, how do you handle that? How do you salvage? <laughs> well, people ask me all the time, they're like, do you mess up? I go, yeah, but you'll never know. It's like, at the end of the day, you if you're telling a joke you've never heard before, you don't know the punchline. So you don't know how the joke ends. So if something goes off, I can always go around it. I can kind of swerve and go back to something that I know. And that's just... That's just mastering your art. That's like no understanding something. Um, for me, the hardest thing is if my audience is not connecting with me. Thankfully, I've done this for 20 years that I know how to handle an audience, but it is very difficult handling high school kids versus handling adults versus handling, you know, 12 year olds or nine year olds, which you know, you still perform for some nine-year-olds. They're the most brutal people in the, on earth. <laughs> you know, they are, they are, oh my God, they will tell you everything that you are doing wrong, whether it's right or wrong. And uh, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go take a shot of whiskey right now. <laughs> I think that's a good question though, about, about how do you, how do you prepare yourself for different audiences? Because Every audience, I would imagine, is completely different from, you know, the one before it and the one that you're going to perform afterwards. How do you prepare for something that you really can't prepare for? You don't. <laughs> you're, you know, it's you need to be a chameleon. It's like being a comedian. You have your repertoire, but your audience changes. And if you don't know how to do that, it can really affect the show because if you get if you have, if a curveball comes your way and you don't know how to handle the situation as an entertainer, your audience is going to see right through it. You know, you have to be really, and that's where you're an entertainer, but maybe you're an entertainer before you're really a magician. You know, it's like everybody can play the, everybody can play maybe the same name of song on a guitar or whatever it is, but like a Guns N' Roses song, but not everyone's gonna play like Slash. You know, he, you know, like his guns, are, that's who he is. That's, so like, think of it like that. And everybody has their own thing and their own personalities. And to audiences, it, you got, look, David Copperfield's the number one illusionist in the world. The dude could buy islands and planes and is a full out billionaire. So for a lot of people, but to another audience member, it wasn't anything special, you know? It's it's really, it, it's really how do you connect with your audience? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's that's completely true because I think of, I just think of back to that whole experience of what we were going, sitting there thinking about and discussing at our table when we were like, what are we, like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, 
what's going on here? And it wasn't really, I guess we were expecting a presentation like magic. And it was more of like, here's a, a, a Vegas, you know, show. Like, obviously, you, you've gone out to dinner and you've had a couple of drinks. And now you're going to be entertained. And it could be anybody on stage, but you're going to be entertained. And the person starring in this entertainment, not, not necessarily a, a magic thing, but it's David Copperfield. <laughs> But you could have plucked him out of there and anybody he, you could know, that role. Well, that's it. He's, he's, it's like, he's the celebrity of celebrities in, in our industry. And, you know, like you say, it's, it's, you're, did you go, you, you know, you made a decision to go to a show that, you know, you saw some people float and disappear and do all those things. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know what? That's cool, but there's some smoke and mirrors behind it. Yeah, and I think if we had saw that kind of stuff with the people floating and, and all that kind of stuff, it would have been a much better experience. Uh, what we saw was uh, like there's this part where this like F UFO comes in, uh, floats over the audience, and you know this little alien pops out. It's like a puppet, and it's just, it was just all strange. So I'm pretty sure your shows <laughs> are not. <laughs> your shows are not like no. that. So. Um, no, yeah, it's, my shows are definitely, uh, there's a, with, with mentalism, there's a lot, there's a real intimate experience with that, that we're discussed, like when I discuss through or with my audience, they're giving me personal information and I'm, exp and I'm giving some personal information about them. And it could be something as simple as what's your dog's name to, you know, I've done stuff where I've asked a woman her mother's maiden name. And just so happened that, you know, it was something very emotional to her and she started crying, you know, and, you know, and now that doesn't happen often, really. I think I've had two people get like seriously emotional about something and it wasn't, and it's not a funny trick, but it's not a sad trick, but you, you know, like I said, you connect, you connect with people differently and somebody, a lot of people believe in psychics. Whether you do or not, I, I don't, I'll be honest. I'm an entertainer, you know, but right. some people truly believe what I do and the illusions I give off, I can read minds. I tell that, or I can like predict the future. And I'm like, if I could do that, I've won a one Powerball a few more times than I already have, you know? So and you use that term and I'll, I don't know that people who are watching this or who will watch this and who will listen to this inner thing, what is a mentalist and how does it differ from being a magician so as a mentalist i don't get hired to do kids parties kind of the ongoing <laughs> joke um we deal with the entertainment using more uh body language psychology um you know things that are really about personalized um experiences almost like being a psychic quote unquote um and we create that illusion for people. And so I will look at somebody's, uh, I'll ask somebody a personal question or something like that. And almost to the sense using their body language and different mannerisms and stuff, I can almost guess certain things that are going on with that, with that question. And I know that's hard to understand, but like it, it could be simple, something as simple as me asking somebody to think of a playing card and using that. And then literally that card being in my hand before I even asked them that question and getting an idea of 
what card they will use. So we can do that. Um, I'll, I'll do that for, for, even though I can't see the comments, um, I'll get a deck of cards right now and I'll, and I'll see if I can do this. I think this will be kind of cool. I'll do this right here. Hold on. I'm not going anywhere. So here we go. So, so here we go. This is not a full deck of cards here. So don't get, ex don't get too excited yet. But, uh, Anton, name a name a card out loud. Queen of Hearts. Queen of Hearts. Okay, here we go. So watch. So your Queen of Hearts is right here. Right. So if I wanted to, we'll put that right in the middle. That'll come right back. Now, what makes that even a little more impressive is if I take that Queen of Hearts, it'll change to the Four of Hearts. Now, although you could have said any other card in the deck, if I take that nine of hearts now, that'll be right here. Now, it's more impressive because all I have to do is snap my fingers, and then you watch the entire deck. Let's see if I get it in frame. The whole deck become the queen of hearts. Wow. Or, well, even cooler than that, I just go. <laughs> so. A lot different if I uh, if I'm in person per se, but you mix. I love mixing an idea of thinking of something with sleight of hand because I think magic in sleight of hand really is the visual aspect that gets people um, intrigued. It's um, in cigar terms, like for somebody, it's the rapper. It's the you know, it's the band. Oh, what's this band? What makes this? It's that. That's the, you know, that's the excitement. And then the mentalism is the deep rooted stuff. That's the, you know, the filler, the binder and everything, the flavor, everything like that. So in my show. Well, I think that's like a great, like, like I said, example and, and it explains a lot. So, <laughs> and I was hoping that we were going to get a trick out of this, out of this interview. So that was fun entertainment. They'll make a, a for a nice clip on uh, Instagram for those who didn't watch. Uh, I'll, I, I'll do one. Um, I'll do the main one. I'll do, I'm going to do the fork trick for you, which is my claim to fame in a way where I'm literally, I'll literally bend a fork and stuff like that. And, and that'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> so I was looking at your website and I saw that you, you know, at the bottom of your website, you have all these great testimonials. You have one for Ozzy Osbourne, which I thought was very cool. <laughs> so, you know, so obviously, and I saw just the gist of the testimonials was like these different companies and corporations will bring you in to to do presentations. Um, what is that like? Because I don't think people would think like a, you know, a baseball team would would want to hire a mentalist. But obviously, it, that was several comments. So it seems to happen a lot where they bring you in and yeah. I didn't get the sense that it was just because they had some free time on their hands and they just wanted some entertainment per se, but that you kind of really came in with a, a goal and a mission. So what's that all about? So um, how do I do this is I take ideas that I know. I take tricks that I know or things that I can create and I, and I put it in a commercialized aspect of something. So with the, with the Yankees, 
one of my main tricks I do is I literally have an audience create the trick for me in this moment of confusion because I don't know what's going to happen next. And so they might say, I need the queen of hearts to appear in X and Y while something and something and something while I make the whole deck disappear in somebody else's hand, right? Like, and, and that will happen and I'll do that. So what we decided to do is work with their mental conditioning coach about how I compartmentalize what I, or how do I structure this experience with something that's going to happen on the field. So say you're not, you're prepared for you know, an era, what's your next step? What's your mindset? And I'm doing that in three different ways. And I explain it to them how I think, how I thought about creating that trick in the moment, the same way that a baseball player or an athlete will um, think about a, a play being or something that's about to happen. Is, is that part of your I would say job that you enjoy doing like what what do you most enjoy doing with within the whole magician men mentalist arena like what's the best part of the job and what's the worst part <laughs> just for contrast um worst part is the downtime because you're an artist you have months where it's high lows you don't know sometimes when your next show might be and, and I'm a very busy entertainer but still you have times when things are kind of getting a little slow and then you, and then, but the best thing is the people. I, I meet so many amazing, so many cool people in my life. And that's not even celebrities. That's just in general. I just love connecting with people and meeting them. And, 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 it, and it's kind of easy too when you tell somebody, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a magician. That's like, you know, it's kind of like, the opening to like a great conversation because they become very intrigued by your life a little bit. And I love that. What's been the most memorable performance you've been on so far in your career? Is there one that kind of stands out? Well, I, I can, ex so I don't know per performance, but a trip that I did that, um, was really amazing and I don't think it could even be explained so much. I got invited to Tahiti. I got invited to Tahiti on a private yacht to sail the South, like to sail the South Pacific with a billionaire <laughs> with a guy who may or may not have been like a prince or something like that <laughs> and but what's funny is that i you know all in all when it, the story goes like i i really haven't like talked but the the joke behind it is that that client has become a very good friend of mine and i and they've uh and i do events to them but you couldn't have made that story up like it was like it was like it was so crazy and but i sailed to, I sailed on a private yacht for three weeks doing magic tricks at night. Like, it's like that normally doesn't happen from a kid in Long Island. I know. Like, what is like? What's your main goal with with your career? Like, do you have? I mean, are you happy with where you are now? Is there something that, yeah, you're, yeah. that you're trying to that you're trying to like work your way up to? Because I'm just curious. Because I think we all 
whether we all are on some kind of pathway in our careers and I know that we are, are trying to achieve something usually more than what we are today. So what is, what's that thing that you're trying to work towards? I want my own television show, whether it's through a Netflix outlet or a streaming service. I want to bring a different image to magic and mentalism, but it also be this really cool thing where it's, you know, um, it's this vision where it could be, it's a mixture like walking into a fashion show and creating these like almost really cool experiences that people don't expect to have. A little candid camera-esque, which it has been done, but with a different spin. And that's kind of the goal. I think there's something really cool about that, about creating magic. And, and it's not just street magic, but it's something that you know, going to a cigar event, going to a cigar conference and people filming you and before you know it, you're taking a guy's cigar and all of a sudden the card that he picked is inside the cigar. <laughs> not, like I said, you know, like, and not to say I don't do that because I have, you know, but that like, those are, and so, you know, for me, I just want to continue getting to do what I love. And I, I think I'm very spoiled that way. Um, I'm very selfish with how I how I live my life a little bit, even though, you know, with my girlfriend who understands my career and stuff like that, which is amazing. It's, um, I just, I, I, I don't work in my eyes. I, I, I do card tricks and I bend forks and I do, I get to go to cool places and smoke amazing cigars and have great conversations with amazing people. And it's like, I, that, that's, you know, that wasn't what I was expecting when I was coming up in high school. If you follow you on Instagram, you see that you obviously smoke cigars a lot. And we talked about that early in the hour. So how did the whole cigar thing, like, what was your journey like with cigars? Like, how did you get into it? So I was always a, um, I always loved wine. I was a big wine person. And I started collecting Italian wines and then I started trying to get into French wines and I couldn't afford the French wines. And for somehow the culture of wine and cigars went hand in hand. And because of that, it allowed, I started having a cigar here, having a cigar there. And so for me, it came down to literally loving wine but not being able to always um, drink the wines that I like would dream to have. I was like, I hated that. And so for me, for somehow cigars were like, oh, I can enjoy the, the highest end cigar ever. And it'd be kind of like a good bottle of wine, but not like, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars. It also was something that I took the cultures together, meaning like um, there was always something more like a great glass of wine. Cigars had something that went beyond what I was just always knowing as just something you just smoked with your friends. And the more I started smoking, I started going, oh, I taste this or I'm experiencing this. Um, I always loved the camaraderie and the, I, I like to say, Cigars are the most democratic thing on earth. 
-hmm. It doesn't matter if you are the CEO of the company or you are the person that, you know, whatever. When you're sitting down at a cigar lounge, you two are both at the same height and you are both enjoying something together on a very common ground. There's something so democratic about cigars. And I love that. Yeah. And what is there? I know that you smoke a lot of different types of cigars based on your Instagram. Is there a particular brand, though, that you kind of gravitate towards more? So I have one, two, I have four cigars that are my go twos for if I was to give a couple of cigars um, right now for like for me personally. Um, the Davidoff Robusto Tubos are my all-time just favorite cigar. It's just so consistent. Um, Padron Number Nines and Padron uh, Three Three Thousands are really really good. I just can always now Number Nines are now becoming like a bottle of champagne. It's like celebration right now for me. But then, but I love the Thousand series. I always find them to be always so consistent and really enjoyable. Um, the cigars that have literally, um, I've really started to really enjoy, um, well, just because, and this is not a, um, um, I guess I think, I think it's the Tatawahe, uh, is it the, is it his La Promesa? I don't remember. It's it's a super limited cigar. It's just phenomenal, and as Pete says, it's like a he calls it a gentleman cigar, and it really is. It's one of those really amazing cigars. But I, you know, th those are really for me. I should say, <laughs> if I get if I get if I get a, if I get one of those or a couple of those, it's always like me enjoying something very like a great steak dinner, you know. Well, those are like all pretty good. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of them, especially the Padron uh, and the Davidoff. So what, have you ever gone to the factories to, to visit? Uh, no. Um, when I was out two years ago, so this was pre-COVID, um, uh, Carlito invited me to the factory, and that was something really cool. And then COVID hit. And we really uh, never got a chance to um, reconnect on that. But he was like, I did some magic for him. And he's like, I want you to come to the factory. It'll be amazing. And I'm like, I'm like crying. Like I'm like having like an emotional experience because for me, like cigars are beyond really my passion. They're my favorite thing. It's what I do more than I even perform. So to me, these guys, sometimes it kind of is like, not your heroes, but they're the guys that like, are the reason you get to create these amazing experiences. And there's a very personalized thing to that. Like when smoking a cigar, you know, you're, that's somebody's art. That's somebody's, um, you know, blood and sweat. And, you know, they're, you know, in, in a sense, their vision. And it's kind of cool. It's really cool. Getting very poetic right now, but that's okay. Well, you need, if, if you really want to go, see all the factories and stuff. If you haven't already, you need to go to the Pro Cigar Festival. Okay. Have you heard of it? No, I don't. Okay, so it happens around February of every year. And okay. um, 
it's it's the Dominican Cigar Festival. So Carlito, you know, Fuente is part of the association, but you know, it's like a whole bunch of different cigar manufacturers all banded together. And you go there for like a couple, like you might as well say for a week and you take tours of the different factories, you, you know, socialize, you, there's a party or social event every night. So if you're like really into the cigar world and you really want to like get to have everybody there at one place, like La Florida Dominicana and PDR and um, Saga, Nurka Radius, all those people. Um, it's definitely one of those experiences for you to kind of look into. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, I, I went to DR for the first time this past year. Uh, I was invited as the entertainer to uh, TAA. Which oh, okay. Was, which was a very big deal for somebody like me who, you know, years past they brought other people, but to have an entertainer like me and, you know, you, it's not just simply like, Hey, we want to bring him. It's like, you got to get approved to get invited to this. Like all the manufacturers, all the different manufacturers had to kind of sign off and say, we want him, we want him. And that, and that kind of was a very amazing thing of realizing how much I've kind of put my foot into this community a little bit, you know, in the last three years. So it's not just, you know, it's not just me doing, it's not just me doing one brand and doing some magic for them. It's, it's kind of expanding. And, um, right now the goal is to, you know, get more press in the community for what I do and stuff. And I have, and I love that. I, I love, you know, there's a few potential things in the horizon for me. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm very blessed for that. So usually at, at this point of show, I, I, it turns into like a little advice problem type thing. So you're going to be on the hot seat giving advice to, to the listeners in the form of like some, we have some very general questions that we usually ask. Okay. So the first of those questions is, um, somebody wants to you know kind of do what you do they want to set off in their own thing maybe they don't have the support that you had you know to pursue a passion or whatever what advice do you have for people to to pursue a passion or a dream to make it like their their career not just like a hobby but a career out of it right uh well this is the perfect moment like you know this is normally when the my Wi-Fi will shut off as I say something so profound for everybody. Uh, <laughs> um, you have to enjoy the struggles as much as you're going to enjoy the stress, uh, the successes. Those moments that you're going to struggle and say, "Why the f, f am I doing this?" is gonna. It's not like, "Oh, you got to enjoy the journey to you know enjoy that." No, it's like. There's going to be, it's not just one, it's, you know, it's like this, it's going to be like a heart rate monitor and you're going to have highs, downs, ups, downs, really high, some really low downs. And you have to understand that you kind of have to enjoy that and go, God, I'm in a shit time right now, or I'm having the whatever. And you're just going to go, okay, this is what I need to do. And cause if you don't, you're just not going to get out of it and then you might as well quit. But if you enjoy, if you want, if you learn to appreciate those moments 
And the funny thing is, is the high moments are great, but you also like, you only want to go higher. So you always want to take something. So I have a great show. I want to do another great show. I kind of like, it's never like, oh, I've made, that's why when you say to me, oh, like, you know, what's the goal? More, more events, more people, more, more experiences. So that would be my, that's my advice. Just enjoy. You'll have to enjoy every bit of it. And you'll appreciate the stuff and always appreciate the beginning. I, I, where I am now from remembering four, 15 years old when I was performing five hours a night in a restaurant where people were telling me no and uh, I don't want to see that or hey, you're amazing. Like I, I, those are the moments I like, I'm never going to get back because I probably will not be doing six hour night like restaurant work anymore. At least not for the four seeable future so i really look back and go wow i did that i was and i was doing that three four nights a week and i and i could honestly say that was that's something i can appreciate and say wow okay i did my time i put in the effort i put in the sweat you know i uh i i bent a lot of cards kind of thing <laughs> um the next question is obviously you perform in front of a lot of audience and you you are used to doing presentations of different sorts. So what's your best tips for, for entertaining an audience and keeping their attention? And then what are your tips also for putting together a presentation that holds people's attention? Um, well, I'll, I'll just talk about, uh, it's for me to do a presentation or for me to do my show. My audience controls my show. They'll be the reason that I go long for a show or I cut a trick really quickly and I get to the end of it. So for me, it's really just a matter of finding, finding the pace, the tone of your, for what you're doing. You got to find the beat, you know, it, it, I can only imagine it's very difficult for people that deal in like, uh, you know, uh, you know, screens and stuff like that, where, you know, look, you'll know your audience if they're falling asleep or not. <laughs> like, you know, I hate to say it, you know, like you'll know if your audience and your, the people you're talking to, if it's so do everything you can to connect with them, you know, make it about them and not what's on the screen. My, like I say, my audience is my show and the magic tricks are the vehicle that does, you know, but my audience is going to make the show they're going to remember the fun times and the reactions. And that's what it is. They might remember, maybe I pulled some cards out of my mouth or I bent something or I read a mind, but they're going to remember the experience as they say. What, um, what is your why? I, I ask this every show towards the end now. It's like, it's like this question that kind of stumps some people, but have you figured out what your why, what your purpose, what your drip, What's, what drives you to do what you do? Have you figured that part out yet? Uh, yeah. Uh, my, well, so I guess the, the honest answer is I do this because I wake up happy every day. Doesn't mean I don't have stresses, but I wake up going, okay, I'm, I'm happy today. I get to perform. 
I get to do this. I get now. Sometimes I'm like, oh god, okay, it's gonna be a long day. It's or it's like, oh, maybe I don't want to do that show, or maybe it's not like this, or maybe it's you know, or I'm traveling and stuff like that, and it's like, okay, I'm taking three days, or I'm doing a favor for somebody, and another show comes. But at the end of the day, like I say, I'm waking up happy and going, this is what I do. Are you kidding me? Like, like you know, like. People are saving the world. Like people are fighting for their countries right now. Like, no, like that, like I'm doing card tricks. I'm very blessed and very lucky. And so I don't take it for granted. So my why is that I wake up every morning getting to be happy. And that's a very special thing. And what's your definition of happy? This is taking a whole another step <laughs> deeper. This is like a therapy session. <laughs> This might, this might sound cliche. Minus spending time with my girlfriend. Got to put that in there. Absolutely. <laughs> First Come on now. Foremost. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, minus that. It's, it's enjoying a great cigar and a barbecue with my friends. Having laughing about nothing. And um, just like have it just the camaraderie and I get to do that. And I think that's why cigar lounges are a complete obsession to some people like me. Cause it's just about hanging out with your friends and just like, it's very hard to explain sometimes. And one of the last questions is since it's not going to be every day that we have a magic person on here, but how can we all have a little bit more magic in our lives? That's a broad question, but what, what's your response to that? Like, what's, how can we bring a little bit more magic <laughs> into our lives? Okay, wake up happy like you do. Because I, I don't wake up happy every day. <laughs> yeah, every, um, I know there's other people who don't either. No, 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 no. This is not mine. And I don't, and, I, and I'm a little upset. I, I can't remember where I read it. But do, so, do one thing a day that's going to make you smile, laugh, do something, find something that could be something as small as, you know, for me, my excitement used to be waking up in the morning and like, I, I used to like make my first thing, like getting a cup of coffee from Starbucks, like an exciting thing for me. Like I used to try it, like that would wake me up in the morning and go, that's going to excite me and that'll get my day going and stuff like that. That used to be my little thing. Uh, so I, I would say it might be a, it's like a small win. Give yourself small little wins every day that it doesn't got to be a big thing. It doesn't got to be, you know, it could be, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to a good lunch today or something like that. It could be, hey, I'm going to hit the gym today. It could be something as small as, you know, uh, like you said, we get to have, Treat yourself to a cigar that maybe you would have not smoked. You know, give yourself maybe that extra five, ten dollar cigar that just is that moment. You know, that could be something. You know, everything about everybody's different. For me, it was just I, thankfully I found cigars to be that. I found my friends to be a part of that, and the blessing of getting to do what I love for a career is that bonus for me since we're coming towards the end of our hour, what 
do you have any performances coming up that people can look forward to or or like what's going on in the world of kevin i um, want to um i want to put together a zoom show um i don't know when yet but i want to do one last like zoom hurrah because i hate performing zoom events but i did have a project called um cocktails and card tricks where i would actually teach magic while and then do like a 15 minute show and it was kind of a cool little thing during the pandemic that i was teaching like companies like three or four tricks and then i would do like a 20 minute show because i hated doing these zoom shows so i figured <laughs> if i could teach magic it like gave me a purpose to like want to do them then like you know like it's hard when this is your screen and being like nothing up my sleeve and then like all of a sudden like sunglasses appear it's like it's like you could hide a freaking elephant under the damn table you know like i hated that there was something that so for me it allowed me to definitely um have a connection with the audience and give them something in return but then i can do like a 10 minute of like really cool magic that they that would also impress them through a screen so for those people who are not watching this and they might be just listening to this, the audio version of it, and they haven't been able to see all the magic, you definitely want to check this out on YouTube, but let people know what website they need to visit, what Instagram they need to follow and all your other social media stuff to kind of keep up with you and what's going on in your world. So Instagram, modern mentalist, M O D E R N M E N T A L I S T. That is my biggest, rent on social media videos are brought up uh cigars are always up there um and that is really my like focus that's my main website modernmentalist.com is always great if you um it, it i think it also shows my instagrams and stuff like that and it's actually going to get revamped really soon and I think I need to do one more trick. Can we get this on? A, can we uh, go a little further past the hour? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Hold on. I'm going <laughs> to. Here we go. So. I think you guys could see the fork. Right. Watch. I gotta keep this in frame here, so here we go. Watch. I'll start to that. <laughs> here, we'll, we'll take that a step further right here. Yes. Wow. Well, to take that a step further, it would actually be, let me just find it right back to normal. Keep it right in frame. One, two, three. That will be twisted. <laughs> and then, well, if that's twisted, if that's bent, my sleeves rolled up, you'll actually see the moment the wall bend. Wow. Or right here. And this will be for the, uh, for everybody. <laughs> Watch this. Let's see what we can do this. 
I can only imagine what the comments are saying right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Definitely a first for the show. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? This is going to be the new cigar thing. We're going to stab it in there. We could actually just smoke the rest of it. Be a cigar poker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I give you a new business idea. <laughs> that that's it. Actually, I've been I've been uh, dying to put these as appetizer forks. You know how many pigs in it? We could do four pigs in a blanket, a shrimp, anything you need. <laughs> but thank you so much for, for doing that and for doing the trick earlier today like i said i en enjoyed having the conversation with you because i had no idea what to expect because usually it's usually cigar people on here who are you know cigar makers and factories and stuff so it's always nice to kind of change it up and to speak to somebody completely different so Thank, again, thank you again for having me, and I appreciate it. it I think it's a lot of fun. I'm sorry for the couple of drops on the, uh, uh, you know. But this is a live show, so people know that nothing was a uh, stage. stage. <laughs> no, no stage. yeah, no, I did. You know, I did some. You know, I guess like, uh, you know, areas of change, some uh, location changes, and everything like that, giving you guys a, a hint of uh, my uh, my New York uh, apartment. So TV cribs. We got to see the outside. We got to see the inside. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. Exactly. I have, I have a I have a surf I have a surfboard, but I've never used it. So it just looks good. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, like I said, for for coming on today, and for people who watch this live, and for people who are going to be watching this in playback mode and listening to this in playback mode. Um, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, make sure you hit that like button or subscribe button. Um, and if you miss any of the other shows, um, including this show, if you want to watch it from the beginning, it will be available later on tonight or uh, early tomorrow morning on deepcutslive.com. So any other patch, this is episode 80. So it's a big milestone that we reached 80. <laughs> so that's um, it. There's 79 other episodes too that if you obviously there's uh, plenty for you all to catch up on if, um, in addition to this show and looking forward to having everyone back here uh, Thursday. We have a, another show planned and uh, kind of back to back shows for the next couple of weeks. So um, thank you again, Kevin, for being a guest. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And uh, until next time, that's it for today. Bye. <laughs>